Hello and welcome to another episode of the Advantage and the Fiddle Picks YouTube channel. I am your host, Michael Fiddle. Today is Saturday, September 30th. And on today's show, I am joined by a DFS goat, someone I've collaborated with plenty in this space, someone I respect potentially more than my own brain on the DFS side. His name is Mike Lefemina. Mike, welcome back to the pod. First time ever on the Fiddle Picks YouTube channel with me, but you've been on plenty of previous Advantage episodes. How are you doing this weekend, and are you excited for a week four DFS board? Appreciate the kind words, kind words. Um, yeah, excited to get into the slate. It's uh, it's definitely interesting with uh, some of the pricing, some of the value, so let's get into it. Some of the games that are clear-cut, we're going to definitely target this. Maybe we'll avoid that in a GPP. We'll get into a little bit of which kind of players we like for which sort of contest. The main theme of today for the listeners is going to be who are the core four players that are definitely going to be in our cash game lineups. Then we'll go through and give a few GPP pivots. If you're playing in a type of tournament where you need to get a top 5% or top 10% in that entry, In order to cash, who are some guys that are going to be low-owned but still have a chance to go off? And then in a cash game contest, when you are just need to be above average, where are we simply playing into some of these obvious choices and then building our lineup around them? So that is the basic premise of the core four. Before we get started, do my normal housekeeping. I've forgotten to do this on the last few shows, but follow me on Twitter, at FiddlesPicks. Follow my Substack, a free gambling newsletter, fiddlepicks.substack.com. I send out best bets, nice graphics detailing where all my plays are going to be, bet write-ups. We do free weekly giveaways of rookie cards. We got a Kenny Pickett rookie card going on right now. So if you sign up, you will be entered to win that. And then you could, of course, rate, review, subscribe to whatever podcast platform you are listening to. And if you want to watch these as recorded videos, they are being posted to YouTube. Mike, let's jump right into the core four. Uh, it starts very obviously at the quarterback position for me. It says target this high-scoring game between the Miami Dolphins and the Buffalo Bills. Ooh. I'm noticing that one of my best bets is on the Buffalo Bills and the reverse line movement that's happening on that side and taking the home team and taking the Bills minus two and a half for a DFS board where that game score is 53 and a half, it's clear cut dry. Josh Allen's going to be my quarterback in cash games. How do you feel about that? How do you feel about the quarterback position? Do you feel comfortable giving out a core four quarterback on today's show? Yeah. I mean, if you're going to spend up, Josh Allen is to spend up for cash. I think he's the safest option in the safest game environment, right? That, that totals clearing every other game by at least three, I, I want to say off the top of my head without looking at it. Um, I'm more of a spend down guy at quarterback for cash. So I'm looking at, looking at Anthony Richardson. I was admittedly pretty skeptical of the Richardson experience coming into the year. Um, but I think he, with his rushing, he also provides just such a safe floor other than leaving every game, getting hurt. Um, but <laughs> The the you know the Rams defense isn't anything that I'm particularly worried about, and you still get a pretty significant ceiling with Richardson. Um, so I, I I prefer the savings of 6,700 to get Richardson in there and then jam some studs in the skill position. But I'm certainly not going to quibble with anyone picking to go with Josh Allen in their lineup. So 
that Colts Rams game is something that I've kept my eye on. I don't have any bets in any directions because it kind of feels gross to be betting on a week four 2023 season Colts versus Rams game. Yeah. This isn't the previous yeah. versions of these teams with Kurt Warner and Peyton Manning that we've seen have some epic clashes. This is a both teams probably in a more of a rebuild sense, but perhaps looking a little bit more competitive than we thought. The main thing that I've pointed out for this game, Mike, is that there's some serious sharp money on the over here. This opened at 45, and it reached all the way to 47 at certain points. And I'm pretty confident in saying that not a lot of public people were coming into this over Rams Colts market. So it makes a lot of sense that this is sharp steam, and that's why the movement is so heavily correlated to the bets that are coming in. So targeting a lower-spend quarterback option who has that rushing upside, who scored three rushing touchdowns through five quarters of playing football this season, uh, I certainly understand the sentiment behind Anthony Richardson. That segues us very nicely over to the running back position. Mm -hmm. I'm having trouble deciding for cash whether or not to make my core four guy Zach Moss or Kyron Williams in that game. The volume and the workload is just so elite compared to their counterparts. But mm -hmm. I find myself in a tough position when I talk this out, knowing that having running back opposing running back is not the ideal stack to have in DFS. That's not beneficially in our favor, but the value might loom so large that they both might be the right cash game core four type of just lock them in and play them because the volume and, and, the efficiency has been there this season. Full point DraftKings for PPR. Kyron, huge boost, getting like seven to ten targets every week. Uh, mm -hmm. Which one of those guys do you prefer? And how do you feel about the idea of just playing both of them outright in a cash game format? So to answer your first question, I'm going Kyron Williams just because I'm going Richardson Right. KD. That makes a lot of sense. So, so um, I don't like the correlation of Moss and Richardson just because obviously Richardson's a heavy rusher and that may take away some of the opportunities, especially in the red zone for Moss. Um, mm -hmm. I think we've seen uh, quite a bit of Richardson featured in the red zone. He's had six rushes for 42 yards and three touchdowns when in the red zone this year. So I'm, I'm Kyron Williams. That role is just out of this world right now. I, there's no indication that that's slowing down anytime soon either. Um, I think he's played something like 131 of 135 snaps the past two weeks. Um, it's just... That's it insane. It, it just doesn't even matter what the matchup is. Not that the Colts are some sieve in the run game, but... As you mentioned, the the pass work has been there too. The past he's second in the league in targets to the running back, and that was with only getting two in week one. He's gotten ten in week two, seven in week three. So I imagine the six to eight range is probably going to be the norm moving forward for him. Uh, so just Kyron Williams for me. But if you're not, if you're going Josh Allen at quarterback, I'm definitely okay with with both of these guys as my two RBs in a cash game format. For sure. Let's let's quickly touch on the few other names that are popping up as like value running backs right now that could be replacements for a core four type. One guy that keeps popping up 
and he's on my season-long fantasy, and I, I don't think I could take it anymore, is Josh Kelly. Oh. But we know <laughs> we know that Eckler yeah. is probably on the wrong side of questionable. He's leaning towards doubtful. He's probably not going to play. The Chargers have the bye week on the other side of this, so it's really unlikely that Eckler plays given the reports and then the two weeks bonus that he would get to rest. Uh, Josh Kelly's been atrocious, but he's going against a Raiders team that's been bad against the run. He's going into another game in a Chargers offense, which has historically been so dominant and been putting up so many points. Are we just done with the Josh Kelly experiment or does he still provide worthy value in like a cash game format in DFS? Yeah. If I was going to play him, it'd be in a cash game. I'm not, I'm done. You know, I, I, it's not probably the best way to think about it. Oh, he's burned me two weeks in a row. I'm not putting him in, especially when this is easily the best matchup of the three weeks that he's had. Um, but I just think the price on Kyron Williams, the price on Zach Moss, um, you don't. there's enough value on the board that you don't have to go to Josh Kelly. So I, I'm going to be avoiding. I, I'd even rather play like Alexander Madison again. Um, yeah. So, is that the same price range as Madison right around him in the in the price tags? He's a little more. He's 58. Um Yeah, that's that's reasonable. What about Damian Pierce at 5100? That seems way too low for Damian Pierce now that I just talk it out. Uh it does, We know that Go ahead. I'm, yeah, I'm just worried about his his role cuz he's he's just never on, out there on third down anymore. Right. Um not that he was much last year, but their offensive line still has some injuries going against that Pittsburgh D-line, which is the only strong part of the Pittsburgh defense. Um, and he's still losing some work to Singletary, too. So I'm not in love with the role. I, I, eh. I think it's, it's time to let, let go of those preseason <laughs> priors where we thought he yeah. was going to be taking on that what Kyron workload has been. But just yeah. to see him down there at 5,100, he's like the last name of anyone who's getting like somewhat of a starter role. You For see sure. Jalen Warren, Akers, Roshan Johnson, Melvin Gordon, Zamir White, Chuba Hubbard right around him. It's like that's kind of the last name that you could pick up from a value. But I agree. I like the Kyrens. I like the Josh Kellys. I like the Zach Mosses even more on this slate than going with a uh, Damian Pierce. I've noticed, Mike, now through two positions, your core four quarterback is Anthony Richardson. Your core four running back is probably Kyron Williams. That means you got some money to spend and you have yet to dabble in this Miami Buffalo game. Are you, are you making Tyreek Hill a core four wide receiver? Is that the place that's best to spend up on the slate? Um, Actually, I, I prefer him in GPPs. I I can't get over the $8,000 price tag for Devontae Adams. Um, he's That's a game that I'm like really targeting in, in cash this week. We'll, we'll get to it with um, some value there with Josh Palmer at $4,000. is just an insane price for the wide receiver, too, in the Chargers offense. I'm not too worried about Quentin Johnson stealing too many targets from him quite yet. Maybe, maybe in a few weeks, but every indication that we've seen so far, it's, it's Josh Palmer in there. He played all 10 offensive snaps um, that were, that were dropbacks for Justin Herbert after Mike Williams went down last week. Um, and we've seen him produce when Williams was out, when 
Uh, Keenan Allen was out last year. He was putting up over 15 fantasy points a game. So, um, but back to Adams real quick, you know, I mean, what's there left to say? It doesn't matter whose quarterback is. It doesn't matter what team he plays for. He's just, he's a boss. <laughs> does it does it not matter if Jimmy's sitting and Aiden O'Connell is his quarterback? Does that even make you feel a little I, bit better? Because how yeah, bad Jimmy? I, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was certainly looking seen, at that too. Yeah, um, right in that same vein, Keenan Allen is underpriced too at seventy nine hundred. So, um, given a choice out of the three of them, Devontae Adams is my is my go to there. Thoughts on quickly on Jamar Chase's price being at 7,800. It's too cheap. It's too cheap. Um, I think we've seen him resurrected from the dead last week. The signs are there. If Cincinnati's going to do anything on offense against the Titans, it's going to be through the air, right? They're not, yep. it's not going to be Joe Mixon going hog wild on them. Um, so Chase is just too cheap too. The, that whole range is just too cheap. Um, I'd love um, to fit all three of them in. But... Yeah, I've been trying to do something similar. <laughs> I don't have Jamar Chase in any of my lineups yet, yeah. but I'm certainly trying to figure it out, how to work in Devante and how to work in Chase. And do I just forego the digs or the Tyreek and getting a yeah. stack with my quarterback? Do I just a- avoid that, especially in a cash game? or something like that's less important of stacking. But yeah, there's a lot of nice-looking receivers that I would imagine my core for this week is so confusing that it avoids that wide receiver position. It's probably going to be the Josh Allen, Kyron. And then we get over to the tight end position. I, I wanted to quickly review wide receiver in the bottom, the Josh Palmer versus Quinton Johnson, but I don't think we need to belabor it. I think you just addressed, uh, addressed it. It's Josh Palmer. I agree. 4,000, the difference between Josh Palmer at 4,000 and QJ, I think, is at 37. That's a no-brainer to just take Josh Palmer, and I think we're both in agreement. So let's go over to the tight end position. For me, the clear-cut core four option who's going to be locked in, it seems like he's being played by all the optimizers, is Fryermuth. I've Mm -hmm. talked about this game from an over perspective. It was my first bet of the week on Monday. It was the over 40 and a half on this Steelers-Texans game. Again, feels gross to be betting it over in a Steelers-Texans game, but major sharp action on this side. It's all the way up to 42 and a half at certain places. We know how important the movement through that 41 is, and both of these teams have shown the ability to actually move the ball. They might struggle in the red zone, but these teams are moving the ball through the 20s. Texans, on the other hand, hitting some just outright big plays. Friermuth gets in the end zone last week. His volume of targets has been a little lower, but I do Mm -hmm. think that's going to start to rise, especially we still don't have Deontay Johnson. It looks like Warren is going to be more involved, which is going to be more of a passing system. Uh, I think the best way to attack this Texans defense, because they do have some stout players on the defensive line, is going to be through the air. So I love a guy like Friermuth at his price range, given the matchup, given the over. I just think he's an obvious core four. Yep. Uh, Not too much to add there. Texans are 23rd uh, in points given up to the tight end this year um, from a fantasy points perspective. Um, And tight end in general is just gross this week. Kelsey's on Monday night football. Waller is on Monday night football. We got the Laporta Musgrave rookie combo on Thursday night. Uh, Engram and Pitts, say what you will about them. They're at least viable, but they're in London this week. 
And then that's a, a know, lot Hawk- of good points. And Hawkinson's just, I think he's a little overpriced yep. this week, um, especially for a cash game. I just don't see myself going there. It, it like if you wanted to spend up, I guess Kittle might be my choice at 5,100, but no, I, I haven't really considered anybody but Friar move this week. It's just click it and easy, move on. Easy, yeah, easy enough. Let's go over to the defenses. I'll throw it to you first. Do you have any core four type defense that you're looking at that you think is just a cash game lock? I think the Browns are just way too cheap at 2,800. Um, Ravens have a couple offensive line injuries going on right now. The Browns haven't allowed a touchdown from within the red zone this year. I think they've just been awesome. Just you don't even need numbers to look at just watching the games. The Browns defense has just been absolutely suffocating. Uh, Bateman is out. Odell is out. So we got some limited passing options for Lamar. He's He may try and take it upon himself to rush a little more, which could lead to some more opportunities for some, for some fumbles. Um, Browns for me at 2,800. Browns seem like the easiest one for me too. 2,800 divisional game. Um, are they at home? They, they are at home. So yes. divisional home game. We're going to see this have less scoring line opens at 44 and a half in the look ahead. I got on that pretty heavily before week three games were even played. It's down to 39 right now. So you want to target so these gross. defenses and so these gross. games where scoring against is going to be minimal. And that certainly seems to be prevalent in that Ravens Browns game. I think that's the clear cut choice as well. Uh, I'm just going to throw this out there as we start to get into the who are the potential GPP pivots? If we each give like one or two guys that we think are going to be low owned and have an opportunity to do great things. For me, one of them's defenses and it's taking the new England Patriots. They're only $3,000. They're going against the Cowboys, which when you look on the DraftKings screen, they ranked number one against defenses. This is a very small sample size where they scored 40 points against the giants and they've had some other particularly easy games against the Jets without Rodgers, against the Arizona Cardinals, which they didn't even do so great. But the Cowboys now come into this game with a lot of offensive line injuries and just lacking overall explosive plays this year. We're seeing movement towards the under and reverse line movement towards the Patriots from a gambling angle. Two things I absolutely love. I've called the Patriots on this podcast when they were 0-2, one of the best-looking 0-2 teams I've ever seen. I don't know if that's a real thing or I just made it up to be a good-looking 0-2 team. But then they won at the Jets. Now they go to Dallas. I look for them to be a strong road team. I see all the gambling indicators, and I just think that the – material and the team that we are getting from the Cowboys is not reflective of their rank so far. I think the offense, I think they were missing four players this week through on the offensive line throughout practice. The Patriots defensive line is their specialty. That screams hell for Tony Pollard and Rico Dowd and Dak Prescott. Dak has struggled with some kind of dumb turnovers. It would not surprise me in the least. We also know the Patriots are really good at taking away one weapon that's going to be CeeDee Lamb. So it really would not surprise me at all for the Patriots to put up a great performance on defense and be incredibly low-owned. Yeah, I all valid points there, all valid points. Um, if we're going G- G- GPP defense real quick, just two I want to point out that are going to be lower-owned, I think the Bucks, uh, just with the Jameis factor, you know, that's pretty self-explanatory. He's... 
he can be a walking turnover, <laughs> um, especially when Sean Payton's not his head coach anymore. Um, I just think it's a good D-line versus O-line matchup there as well. Um, and then if you're looking for like a cheap option, and it, it can be a little scary because of how good the Vikings offense is, but I think the Panthers at home, if could get you enough points to survive. Um, you know, Kirk Cousins is certainly not immune to throwing a few dumb interceptions himself, especially towards the end of the game. They have like they have like it's seven or eight. They had like seven turnovers in the first two weeks. I don't know what they did yeah. against the Chargers last week, but yeah, they haven't been uh, a team that holds on to the ball well. If you're going to go across the entire board. One other person that you think is going to be low owned and potentially a pop off candidate in a GPP. It could be any position. It could be any tier of price tag. Who would you choose? It's going to be from the Miami Buffalo environment, but it's going to be Tua. I'm just seeing no ownership on him. We got Jordan Poyer out in the secondary this week. He they just put up seventy. I know the the Bills are a remarkable are markedly better defense than what the Broncos are. But we mentioned that's still the highest total on the board this week. And no one wants to play Waddle if you want to stack them with Waddle. Um, I think people are either going to be playing Allen or they're going to be dropping down to Richardson. You may see some hurts sprinkled in there and just nobody's going to be playing to it. And we've seen it before his ceiling. When, when he goes off, he goes off and it, it's slate winning upside. So two is my GPP low on stack guy. You kind of made reference to where I'm going to go with this GPP. We talked about some of the cash game receivers that just seem so brutally obvious, whether that be Devante Keenan or Jamar slide a few names further down and we get Eagles Devonta Smith. Uh, I look at this game and I remember last season, the commanders are the team that broke the Eagles undefeated streak. And now we're in Philadelphia. Eagles still undefeated and looking to continue that streak this year. I look for a sort of this game circled as a revenge game as as much as you can get for the Eagles side. If you're going to find ways for them to motivate, this would be the spot. It's another divisional game. Eight and a half point favorites. We've seen A.J. Brown kind of be complaining on the sidelines this year. That doesn't mean, I mean, you generally go with, squeaky wheel gets the grease, especially in the wide receiver room where they're just going to pepper A.J. Brown with targets. I just think this Eagles team is just so well run that they're still going to take what the defense gives them. And if that's two or three moon balls to Devonta Smith, I can easily see that happening. He has a chance to go off for 25 plus points in any game, and he might not be the focal point of the attention. So in this price range where there's other really attractive names, he's one that still sticks out as attractive to me, but just might not take the ownership of a lot of people. So a nice little GPP stack, even going the combination of Hertz and uh, Devonta is something that I would be entertaining. Yeah, love that. He's viable to go nuke. Yeah, let's go. Let's game. go. Um, <laughs> Actually, before we get into the props, Mike, I told you I had one surprise DFS question for you. I told you I, I'm not going to let you know the topic. I'm just going to catch you off guard. 
and this is something that me and you have never discussed before, but I think it's kind of interesting because we often do showdown slates together when we do previews. And this time we're doing a core four. We switched up the schedule. There are still showdown contests for every single individual game. You could still go play a just Buffalo versus Miami showdown or a just Vikings versus Panthers showdown. My question for you is, which game on the board, and I'll give you a second or two to think about it, which game on the board do you think is the best to target for a GPP showdown slate? And by that, I mean, where's the point where there's like five or six or seven different guys who we think might have a chance to go nuclear when we look at these showdown individual game slates we're looking for a guy who no matter who on the team this could be the guy who becomes the clear-cut highest scoring person so if we're looking at that rams colts game and we were just doing a showdown for me it's very obvious anthony richardson is your captain so that's not where i would go if i was going to do a gpp showdown are there any games that specifically stick out to you? Is it the Chargers Raiders and putting Devonte or Herbert or Keenan or Josh Jacobs rebound or something like that in a captain? Where do you see the potential if you wanted to sneakily enter a one game contest and go for something interesting to potentially win big? Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, geez. I think it would be tough to avoid that Vegas Chargers game just because, as you alluded to, there's just so many options you can go, right? Because when you do those, you want to have the variability of enough guys to put into the lineups that you're not just making the same roster construction as everybody uh, without sacrificing getting too wild. Like, right, I I probably wouldn't do San Fran – and the Cardinals just because everybody's going to have that five, one build of five 49ers and just come back with Marquis Goodwin or Zach Ertz or something like that. Um, and it's just tough to get unique there. Maybe the bears Broncos. Um, if you need some reason to watch that game, <laughs> exactly. That doesn't, that doesn't hurt, but you know, obviously two future defenses, right? If Justin Fields is ever going to get right, this is, this would be the spot. Um, Russ hasn't been a disaster like he was last year in, in fantasy. You got Judy and Sutton as weapons. Um, if you wanted to get frisky, something like Khalil Herbert or Roshan Johnson, because we just saw what Mozart and A-Chain or however he wants it pronounced, um, just absolutely ripped this Broncos team to shred. So off the top of my head, that could be something that to keep you entertained. But I would I would just stick with uh, a high offensive game with a lot of options. So Chargers, Raiders, or you know Miami, Buffalo, something like that. Fun question though, right? Yeah, that was good. That was good. Let's, add, let's add that to the hopper as a weekly one. I also think <laughs> we could quickly touch on if you were going to show down this Atlanta versus Jacksonville game, like who's mm. the – could you get sneaky with an Algier in London uh, captain spot and hope he gets large workload at two touchdowns? You just go with Lawrence. Do you have the option for Ridley? Could you just go Bijan? Uh, do not make Kyle Pitts your captain. That's no. donating money to the to the other people in your lobby. 
Uh, Who would you choose quickly for captain in a, if you were waking up early enough, if you wanted a reason to get a little extra excited for that London game, because it's not in the normal slate, who would you captain for Jacksonville Atlanta in London? Let me just pull up the pricing real quick. Um, do, 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 do. Yeah, I'm intrigued by either Ridley or Kirk. I think that if Jackson, I know it's been brutal with Jacksonville on offense, um, but I think if they're if they're going to get it done this week, it's going to be through there. I and. You know, Bijan is the most expensive, and he's obviously a good choice. Anytime someone's the most expensive player, they're the most expensive player for a reason and a good option. Uh, but I, I, I think Calvin Ridley's been – his fantasy numbers don't look quite as good as they could have, um, especially after week one. I think he's got like four or five drops, and a couple of them were some for some big plays. So – you know, if those convert to catches, I think things look a little better. And he's still the alpha in this offense, even with Kirk emerging back to the role that we saw last year for him. Uh, so either Kirk or Ridley, I lean Ridley, though. So I have absolutely no player props in the hopper this week, I but I them. will <laughs> throw it to you. Do you have any that you feel comfortable with that you want to give out? Not really. No. All right. <laughs> Let's just <laughs> let's just re-emphasize the concept of you don't need to force a bet for the sake of content. It's very easy to just say we don't have a best bet, and the smart thing to do is skip it if we haven't gone through the market and identified some value. So, Mike, I think that works through everything that we needed to do for the core four. Uh, offhand, I think yours were Richardson, Kyron, Fryermuth, and the Browns defense. Yes, sir. I will be going with Kyron, Fryermuth, and the Browns defense, and likely Josh Allen as my quarterback spend. I'm always someone who goes high spend on the quarterbacks. It is going to be really sneaky to see who Mike ends up spending up his money on. You can follow him on Twitter at mlefem 10 I will make sure he is tagged in everything. He puts out a lot of great content, both written and podcasts, on NFL DFS. Golf DFS, this guy is an absolute killer. We got the Ryder Cup going on right now. I hope he wasn't backing the U.S. Uh, because they're off to quite a shitty start. But, Mike, I think we should be run, starting to run this back most weeks together. And you'll be back yes, plenty sir. of times. Absolutely. Anytime you need me, I'm available. Awesome. Thank you, my man. I appreciate it. I will make sure you are tagged in everything so people can go check out your content, too. And as always to the listeners, good luck out there this Sunday and peace out. Oh, 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 oh,